Welcome to Power Fueled Living, Spirit, Soul, and Body. Through Christ, we can thrive in every area of our lives. Before I move on, I, I want us to I want us to ask God, Lord, if there is anything in us, if there's any hardness in our hearts, give us a heart of flesh. In Jesus' name. First Peter 2 and 9 says, We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into a marvelous light. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. How do we exude light? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. That's how we exude light. How does love act? Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all, believes all, hopes all, and endures all. When we look at our relationships, our friendships, when we look at our workplace, our churches, when we look at our neighbors, do we see irritability or resentment? Yes, we do. <laughs> We do. It's, and some, even in the smallest way, it's there. Even in the smallest way, it's there. When we look at news reports, do we see envy or boasting, arrogance or rudeness? Yes, we do. Are we watching people rejoice in wrongdoing? Yes, we are. Again, we are living in challenging times, and our culture is full of conflict. And we know that last day people, we know last day people, but we must love everyone. That's right. So Mark, what does Mark 12, 29 through 31 say? The most important is the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment, there is no commandment greater than this. Now God, Christ expects us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love our neighbors, not just your next door neighbor, but everyone that we come in contact 
with. Everyone that we come in contact with. Doesn't matter how they treated us, doesn't matter how they're acting. Everyone. You may not like your neighbor. You may not like that person that you came in contact with. But God can supernaturally help us to love him or her. He can. He can. You don't get along, God can deliver. God will enable you to love beyond your capacity to do so. Ask him. Ask him. If there is somebody you're having problems with, ask him. We cannot love everybody in and of ourselves, but we can love everybody through Christ. In this day and age, love is necessary. You know, offense is running rapid. There are conflicts on every side, arguing, division. What do you do with conflict? How do you handle conflict? What do you do when you're wronged? When someone wrongs you, how do you feel? What do you do? Have a love test. Because I think a lot of us will have a love test. <laughs> but that's very, what, what I'm talking about is what God wants for us. And he wants this for us because we are his children. But he also wants this for us because we're walking through challenging times and this is necessary. Proverbs 10 and 12 says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Can you forgive offenses? Can you ask for forgiveness when you have wronged? Listen, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ for good works. Love is a good work. Love is a good work. In these times, hearing God's instructions are very important. We need to know how to act, what to say, how to pray. But um, there are people who don't believe that God speaks. They don't. There are people who don't believe that, that God speaks to them. He may speak to somebody else. He may speak to the pastor. He may speak to the apostle. He may speak to the evangelist. He may speak to other people, but not to them. And then there are people who knows that he speaks, but they're not receptive to hear. And, you know, a lot of that can be due to immaturity, rebellion, or they think they know better. You know, I remember um, many years ago, the, the pastor that, the, well, the apostle, that um, I was ordained in his church and he was giving me instructions 
about going into full-time ministry. And I was telling them, I was like, well, you know, I think God is going to introduce me by um, radio. And he said, okay, that's good. And so when we moved, my husband's military, he was military, active military at the time. And so we were moving from Germany to Valdosta, Georgia. And so when we moved, I was excited about what I was going to be doing. But I had to go to Family Dollar to get some things. And so when I, as I got out the car and went to Family Dollar, I saw a sign that said, cashier needed. And I heard the Holy Spirit said, apply for the job. Well, I ignored that. That wasn't God telling me to be a cashier. He knows it. 
And I would encourage you to tell him about it because, you know, we can act. We can act holy. We can act sanctified and still have offense. When I rededicated my life to Christ, I was in it to win it, but I still had offense. And it wasn't until he, he helped me recognize that offense that he delivered me. So, it, it, look, if you got offense, let it go, but talk to him about it first because he's going to deliver you. He's a very loving father who wants to communicate with us, and he wants to be in every area of our lives. He wants to have a friendship with us. But God is a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He won't force himself on you. So if you're not hearing him, and he's trying to talk to you, after a while, you're going to hear less and less. But why? Why? When you have God the Father talking to you, trying to minister to you, trying to help you, trying to encourage you, so that in these last days, you know how to pray, you know what to do, you know how, what to say. Oh my God, you're a very loving Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy, worthy, worthy. We also have misplaced expectations. We have expectations of how God should speak. And when those expectations aren't met, we come to the idea that God doesn't speak. We, we got to release those expectations. We got to let those expectations go. If you believe God is, is supposed to say something to you in such a manner, and he doesn't, say, okay, Lord, well, try next time. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something else. What, 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 what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Well, how, do, how can I hear you? The bigger question, though, is, do you have your ears tuned in to hear God? John 10, 22 2 through 5 says, Verily, very truly, I tell the Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the pen, the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeepers open the gate for him, and the sheep listens to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from a stranger because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. God speaks. He speaks through scripture, um, church leaders, prophets. He speaks through the Holy Spirit and more. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare his glory yes. and the earth his handiwork. 
just looking around the earth. We can get revelation just looking around the earth. How does my heart get right so I can be receptive to the voice of God? We must have a willing heart. Not a perfect heart, but a willing heart. Examine your heart. Ask God to identify your heart. Ask him to remove hindrances that would hinder you from hearing him speak. How can I tune my ears to hear God speak? You tune your ears by excluding all distraction. Yes, Amen. yes. Amen. You have Amen. to exclude the distraction. Can you give up what's distracting you to hear from God? That's good. Expect to hear with expectation when he speaks. Set aside each day to hear from God. You know, we prioritize our days and how we prioritize our days can make a difference. Can you set aside 10, 20, 30 minutes for God? Have you tried to set aside 10, 20, 30 minutes for God? What God speaks lines up with his word, and if it doesn't, then we're listening to ourselves right. or Satan, yeah. the demonic. And God wants to speak to all of us, not just the pastors, not the, just the church leaders, not just the chosen few. Right. He wants to speak to all of his children. Yes, amen. His voice, it comes to communicate, to declare, to reveal, to proclaim, to announce, but again, to communicate. And you guys know we need wisdom, revelation, and knowledge during this time. Yes, yes. We need revelation and knowledge. In these last days, God wants us to be mindful of our tongue. He wants us to speak life. He wants us to share life and to accept his love, to accept his love for, I mean, we have to, listen, guys, listen, why would you serve a God? Why would you serve a father and not accept his love for you? That doesn't make sense. God loves you whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you accept it or not. He loves you with an everlasting love. He does. So he wants us to accept his love, but he also wants us to love our neighbors. Can't get away from that. Can't get away from that. And then he wants us to hear his voice. And last but not least, he wants us to pray. Yes, yes, yes. Philippians 4, 6 and 8 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, 
which surpass all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ. He's telling you, pray, 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 pray. Pray it. Prayer is powerful. Prayer can bring us closer to God. Prayer actually ushers us into his presence. Yes, yes. Have you ever prayed to the point where you felt the presence? You felt yes. the very presence of God. When Jesus died, the veil was ripped. And now we have access to God himself. We have access to God himself. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Yes. Have you considered that? That was a scripture that I looked at and I thought, okay, I'm not sure what I want to share. And then you have those doubts. Well, no, I just, I just think I'll pray to myself. I'll just pray to you, Lord. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Many of you are missing out on specific healings because you don't pray for one another. We cannot, we cannot do things the old way, guys. We have to do what the word says. We have to do what the word says. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Do we pray for each other? Do we pray for their wisdom and understanding? So as to walk in a manner worthy of God, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. That was Colossians 1, 9 through 10. Prayer is the most powerful thing that I think besides salvation. Because I think, I think you know, when God tells us to come into the courts with thanksgiving and praise, yes, praise and worship is very important, but prayer is very powerful as well. Prayer is good for us. It helps us to focus. Prayer grows our trust. Did you hear me? Prayer grows your trust in God. Yes. Prayer grows your faith. Yes. It grows your faith. It provides guidance. It's com it, it conforms to the will of God to set our minds up on, on things above. And it's also seed. You know, when my, when my mom died, I thought about the ambulance. I don't, I don't know why, but whenever I would see an ambulance, I would pray, Lord, minister to that situation. Lord, minister. So you know, I saw a lot of ambulances and a lot of I had a lot of prayer going on. My son was in three different accidents. He he got hit in my car. He got hit on his motor on my motorcycle, and then he flipped his car. Three, three different 
occasions. And God showed me, along with his faithfulness, along with me praying over my son for years, along with me just agreeing with his word about my family, he also showed me that I was sowing seed. When I was praying for that, when I was praying for that ambulance, God ministered to that situation, I was sowing seed. Guys, prayer is powerful. It is. My last scripture, 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 4. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for the kings and those who are in high positions, that they may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come into the knowledge of him. Prayer is powerful. And we need, in this, in this day, we need to be praying for our government officials. Yes, yes, yes. Not just talking about them. Right. Not just wondering about them. We need to be praying for them. Yeah. You know, I have, this is one of the books that I bought called Rescript Your Future, Power Packed Proclamations for Life, Business, and Government. And in, in this book, there's a government prayer that I want us to pray. Cindy Trim also has a book called, um, what is it, Prophesy Your Morning? Command. Command. Thank you. She also has a book of affirmations. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful book. But in here, I want us to take time to pray for our government, and then I'm done. Amen. So I want you to put yourself in a posture of prayer, and then once I pray the prayer, I would like all of us to say amen. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for our country and its government. We pray before you in prayer, the men and women who are in positions of leadership and authority. We pray and intercede for the president, representatives of all levels of government, and those who are in authority over us in any way, in any way. We pray that the spirit of the Lord rests upon them. We pray that skillful and godly wisdom will enter into the heart of our president and government representatives. Discretion watches over them. Understanding keeps them and delivers them from the way of evil. It is written in your word that the heart of kings is in the hand of the Lord and you turn it whichever way you desire. That's right. We pray that the hearts of our leaders are in your hands, Lord, and that their decisions are divinely directed by you. We pray the good news of the gospel is published in our land 
and that the word of the Lord prevails and grows mightily in the hearts and lives of the government officials. We pray for this land and the leaders you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Join Lisa each week for faith-filled, spirit-led messages and interviews that will empower you to live your best life, spirit, soul, and body.